Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Oh, man. We're back at it again, EJ. It's time for you and I to just smile from ear to ear for 30 minutes. You and me <laughs> and Kiyoshi together again. I uh, I was excited to start reading this book. The, we are, as we have said a couple times now, we did the follow-up to The Rise of Kiyoshi, which in episode three you heard us just wax so positively for. Boy, did we love that book. And we were like, well, we liked it so much we got to read the sequel. Got to get right into that sequel. Yeah. And so we read the sequel for this week. And let me tell you, ju- ju- the, the train keeps rolling. Uh, <laughs> I am just as excited as ever, if not more excited. If anything, I'm sad that it doesn't seem like there's any specific plan to get more Kiyoshi books uh, down the line. I don't know. It kind of set up what's coming next yeah. in the series, obviously. But yes, you're right. As far as Kiyoshi's story, it kind of puts a little bow on it. Yeah, for now. Right, for now. They they could easily, they leave it open enough where you could just like tap into more Kiyoshi stories, but F.C. Yi, the writer, has already transitioned into some new Avatar stories. They've gone back two more steps to the dawn of Yang Chen is F.C. Yi's third Avatar book. Um, I don't think we'll jump into that one anytime soon, although I will say after reading The Rise of Kiyoshi, I was like, I don't know why he <laughs> went straight for this Yang Chen character. But Shadow of Kiyoshi, you get it. He starts planting all these seeds about Yang Chen, and you get suddenly significantly more invested in that side of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things that happen in this book uh, from start to finish, and yeah, it kind of just wraps up real nicely on the Yang Chen note. I will say this first, but uh, like up up front, uh, for people looking for age appropriate books, this one. Yeah, this book is. Uh... <laughs> is is violent yes it is, uh it is uh, yeah we this is probably the furthest step from yeah. children's book we might ever take i don't know i mean like it's hard to say because you know we're gonna uh you know spoiler alert we're gonna go kind of back in time a little bit next yeah next book week, we read right. so next week so um you know, I don't really know, I guess, how books pre-1995 <laughs> were written. Sure. But this, if if they are this violent, I I don't I don't really know what the age group yeah. is. This is this is about as close to an adult book as we'll we'll read. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. I mean, even even for like the Avatar TV show, which like has fights and stuff in it, but this one features This is gruesome. Like a kind of gruesome near death moment and then there's a whole thing of like kiyoshi's scarred neck because she was like almost effectively beheaded like it it gets pretty pretty nuts in there um so i will definitely say i now hesitate to say like yeah you can throw dawn or uh, rise of kiyoshi at like even a surprisingly young age group because my fear would be they immediately want to also jump into this book because yeah. it is so good and it's like yeah, oh man yeah. I, I could actually see an excuse obviously i mean you know you know people know their own kids and and violence on tv and everywhere else is what it is but mm-hmm. it, it's certainly a more noticeable concern in this one than it even was in the first one 
I think it's fine. You know, you and Hunter on your other show recently talked about uh, Grand Theft Auto Three, mm-hmm. um, which uh, you know I played at a, a very very right. young age. I would still say that you know with that sort of thing in mind, I'd say twelve plus. Yeah, sure, is fine, and fourteen plus definitely. Yeah. So um, that's kind of the age group we're at. I would say you know. I mean, even as young as 10 plus, I think it's fine for the first. Book. Depends on I mean, how you know they can handle that sort of thing. Right. right? And, right. and if you're yeah. able to talk to them, then it's a, a totally reasonable thing. Again, everyone knows their own kid better than I'm going to. Yeah, absolutely. Them, but um, my kid's going to listen to this tomorrow. Well, and, it, and it's also even <laughs> even with the violence, it's not um, like exploitative of that. It's not unaware. No. Like the violence is used to sort of be major character moments right it's never just like oh it's so gruesome and bloody yeah. it's like well no we we have to sort of accentuate the lowest point in this book so some realistic uh problems need to happen like real issues need yeah to, to take none place. of this like ah i've been i've been cut i've been wounded yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it, it, that's not what we need yeah it really it helps build tension you're right uh in a, in a way it builds the plot to like there are dire circumstances here yeah um you know yoon and everything that's going on there well and that's um, and that all yeah we'll get into that that is all why i love these books so much too is because they really don't pull punches when it comes to writing actual good characters with actual good stakes right it's so yeah. easy especially i feel like in like kids books for the stakes you, you you get so afraid of you know these kinds of repercussions so you pull punches and it never feels like the stakes are as big of a deal or you get weird things where you make up stakes like uh like our first book where we're like i don't know it's going to mm-hmm. be world war 3 and it's like that doesn't mean anything except for yeah. if you really think about it it's way worse than just like yeah, a character getting hurt quite badly but it's like well that's what happens when you lose the fight i don't know what else to tell you like those are a pretty logical jumps to make yeah, yeah, yeah. Actual stakes, actual consequences. It, it is silly to set up World War Three as like the consequence because yeah. it's, especially nowadays, like we said, it's like such a, a real thing that could happen. Right. So it's like, right. whoa, maybe not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, with uh, Kiyoshi, I, I do want to go back to the beginning of this book. Yes. So we are in the Fire Nation. Yeah. Which is really, realistically, uh, quite unexplored, I realized. I didn't think about yeah. how much season three of avatar the last airbender is meant to be sort of the fire nation season Mm -hmm. but even that one is incredibly far removed from like any of the structures within the fire nation like in season two you spend a lot of time in the earth kingdom learning about the earth kingdom leadership in season three of avatar my memory is like you mostly learn about zuko's like family and his family's friends or whatever but you know i don't i don't remember learning about the governmental system Okay, yeah, not as much as the governmental system because there is a lot of politicking that happens in season two. Obviously, we, you and me both agree season two of Avatar The Last Airbender is yeah. by far the best season. I mean, yeah. Maybe not by far, but... but it's but the best season of all very, seven very seasons good. of the two yes. shows. Yeah, And and I'll, I'll uh, extrapolate on that from saying that I will say in the show, the Fire Nation is supposed to be this mysterious thing. Mm-hmm. And we do get a, actually a lot of kind of Fire Nation life, like when Aang goes undercover in the school. Yeah. And you get to kind of see how a school works in That's the Fire true. Nation, how structured that is. We get to see um, one of my favorite episodes, which I think is kind of underrated. I don't know. I don't know how people feel about it, but... Uh, the episode where Zuko and his friends and his sister go to the beach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> literal it's like beach this, episode. Yeah, a literal beach beach day, and like they have this like real like you know intense moment at the end because it's you realize how much 
uh, the Fire Nation evolving into this thing that was so secluded and so structured. Yeah, uh, you know, and you and we see the beginning of the evolution in this book. That's why I'm talking about this and see how it's broken these kids yeah. after you know 300 years. You know, you see the seeds being planted in this book right. of of oh, this is kind of where you can see it starting to go. Wrong. wrong yeah absolutely i i that is like by far my favorite part of this book i think there's good characterization one thing i really love that fce does is finds really good excuses to completely introduce new interesting characters but beyond that mm -hmm. he's not slowing down on the world building at all which is easy to do with a sequel like with a sequel it's like oh we've established all these characters it's really easy to just like let's do more adventures with them but no he instead is like you know what we don't know much about is why did the fire the, the intro of Avatar the Last Airbender is and then the Fire Nation attack? And that's about as much as we know about yeah. why any of that took place. And this book, while it's not like fully explaining that stuff, it is planting seeds that sort of help you understand like why the Fire Nation sometimes acts the way it does and how it could have um basically it's all about um, thirsts for powers in these clans in the fire nation yeah. and so it's really easy to to take that lesson and go okay these 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 clans really crave power and imagine how much power they could feel like they have when they spend 80 years with a fire nation avatar right they are at the top yeah. of the food you have to assume they're top of the food chain throughout roku's reign which means yeah. when roku's gone they're not interested in losing that. And you you feel that in the leadership of the Fire Nation that you meet in this book. That we're like, we are trending down a more violent and uh, like imperialist path more and more and more as this Fire Nation progresses. Yeah, and these clans are interesting. There's a very Beifong-like clan. I can't yeah. remember the, their name off the top of my head right now. But there's like a very, you know, influential family. There's like, but, it, you know, in the Earth Kingdom, it's interesting because... Um, all of those families, you know, there's really all of those families, but they've all kind of agreed on this kind of secret government yeah. versus the Fire Nation is like, now, if you're not a very good emperor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry about you. We'll, get, we'll like, get rid of you. We'll find a way. Any sort of weakness yeah. is a way, uh, you know, is a way in for somebody else. Right. So, you know, the, it's very open the way that they they um, they politic. It's it's not. Uh, it's not like the Earth Kingdom where it's the secretive yeah. sort of thing. Right. It's it's more of this like <laughs> I, I see what you're doing and I'm going to yeah. tell you right to your face that I don't right. like it. And so they're very forward. They're very, uh, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of different points of view. And yeah. I think that that's what really stood out to me in this book is the fact that the Fire Nation just, uh, you know, they don't really even have an, you know, one centered ideology. Yeah, yeah. It's it is. A very nuanced place right, right and uh, there's there's a scene early on in the book where basically kiyoshi and friends go to this uh it's almost like a gala uh that isn't meant to be she's going to meet with some people and she's expecting a few mm -hmm. people and then the fire nation the leader of the fire nation throws <laughs> like a 200 yeah. person party because he's trying uh -oh. to throw all this pomp and then every interaction she's having is this like undercurrent of what you're supposed to do in this formal setting versus also the ways they're just trying to like get at each other through language everything it's it's i mean it's a yeah. very very like diplomatic scene yeah. and it plays out like spectacularly i mean it's amazing yeah. the amount of things they convey in that one chapter
it is like a Kubrick film. That chapter. <laughs> yeah. It is very just like, yeah, it, you know, it's it's. Uh, but one of the things that gets called to attention is how actually really observant Kiyoshi is. Yeah. For as aloof as they make her, sometimes it feels like, um, you know, like in some of the ways that she talks and some of the ways mm-hmm. that she thinks. Um, you can tell that she's like, oh, I noticed this. I noticed this. You yeah. know, about all these people. She's very, very, very observant. Right. Um, and almost to her detriment at she's, times. Well, because she's still naive, right? And that's the big right. thing that this book is definitely about is Playing the growth of Kiyoshi as a person who is coming into her own as the avatar and someone with power, like actual <laughs> superpowers, basically. But that doesn't mean she knows how to handle the the sort of social power of yes. being the avatar because she doesn't know how to deal with people yet because her upbringing is such that, I mean, she lived in in squalor and she was an orphan for a long time and then was just the servant of a different avatar so her life is just such where it's like how could you possibly understand court <laughs> and, yeah. and the rules of you know chivalry or whatever's going on um right. and the the way that this book really really pushes that is like we said yoon who is the previous mm-hmm. uh the false avatar is right. essentially set up as our main antagonist in this book because uh, his life was completely ripped away from him, and he was cast into a uh, black hole spirit realm <laughs> void for kind of a yeah. while. Basically, it's another amazing situation. And I mean, you know, you would expect no less from FC at this point after the first book, but they sell such a good reason for like why Yoon is a villain. But you're like, but I get it, man. Yeah. Like his life and- it really was taken from him antagonists in the avatar universe as a whole yeah. are are generally very well thought out they're not antagonists for the sake of being antagonists minus the boulder right you know the right. boulder is the only antagonist for the sake of being an antagonist no uh but uh yeah the rest the rest of the antagonists is like Yoon. i mean yeah it, his entire life is essentially stripped from him he's at one point in this book you get a little flashback of of yoon uh trying to just like survive yeah. in the wilderness essentially and right. he is just like pleading and, and he's like you can tell he's never been this low before and he right. can't use his status really mm-hmm. to do anything and it's just a really sad story and it and, it, and i think it's a perfect antagonist for this book because yeah. you know that he has a reason to be after all these people. Right. Right. And it's, it's similar to uh, the, the previous book where it really just comes down to by the end, they've really justified why he feels the way he feels. But then of course he's just taken <laughs> far too extreme of an yeah. approach to the, to his goals. And he's, he's just, he's, you know, he's gone too he's far. On he's on a yeah. war path and it's one of those things where it's it's such good lessons, I think, to get into kids' brains early, which is, like, you can't just pretend that, like, people doing wrong things don't have some sort of reason for those wrong things. It doesn't make their wrong actions right, but yeah. it the, it builds a path towards empathy of finding some sort of proper solution. And, and even Kiyoshi strives for that in the in the final moments she's not trying to fight yoon as best she can she's trying to find some other way out and he leaves her with no recourse basically right but it's it's there is a moment in sort of the climax where you know 
Kiyoshi refuses to believe her friend Yoon has has fallen this far uh, because she Still, knows. Well, yeah, even though the entire book is about her, like people being like, "No, yeah. this isn't. It's bad. This isn't the way you should feel." <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way you feel is wrong. He's doing this on his own volition. Mm-hmm. He's doing this. He's doing this out of spite. He's yep. doing this for revenge. Right. And at the at the end of the day, still Kiyoshi. There's this beautiful line. Oh, I wish I could remember. I just finished the book this morning, um, but it was uh, essentially like Yoon was one of two people she's ever loved. Yeah. You know. Right. Essentially. Right. And the you know they were both basically mortally wounded at yeah. one point yeah. in this book. Right. And. Uh, you know, and and she did the mortally wounding of one. You yeah. know, it's like and and speaking speaking of the two people she's ever loved, I, they do some amazing things with the sort of romance story of Kiyoshi in this book yeah. and keeping that very very complicated because uh, Ryongi, uh, who is you know they they met and fell in love in the first book, but now we're in Ryongi's home turf where she yeah. has status she has to hold up to and also. Again, Kiyoshi's naivety keeps leading her to make horrible mistakes, like true, yeah. truly big mistakes that at multiple instances get Rongi and her own family hurt. And it's it, it's constantly putting a wedge in between Kiyoshi's own relationships. I don't know. I just think it all builds such a powerful character in Kiyoshi. And I mean, it it especially makes me very excited to return to the show now and kind of feel mm-hmm. out. The passing mentions you get of Kiyoshi throughout like the first series or whatever but even mm-hmm. without all that stuff um it is so I think rewarding to get a book where your protagonist can make earnest mistakes actual you know is not just I don't know I think we've we've read books that are so simple where essentially the the protagonist never really does any wrong and it's just a series of them solving the mystery whereas this one is like there's there's kind of an issue at hand, but it's really not going to be like a big deal. And Kiyoshi herself makes the entire situation very bad. Like most of yeah. the things, the inciting incident of this book is Kiyoshi's fault. I, you know, what's interesting, too, is uh, it kind of connects right up to the show in this way. Uh, how Kiyoshi evolves into this person of, you know. She's kind of a person of chaos. She's you gotta understand. She's massive, right? Like that's right. something we don't talk about is her like stature. Yeah, she's is, six foot something. She's, <laughs> she's huge. Like she's this she's this massive human being. She's like so much taller than Rangi that like she can like kiss her on the forehead. <laughs> right. <laughs> like like basically has to lean over. You know, like yeah. It, there's there's with her great stature and her being so clumsy essentially and her being really somebody who is an underdog in her own mind yeah you know she's very reactionary i don't yeah, know right 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 well <laughs> so, at heart if, so if i can criticize one part of the book it's like i wish i wish they hadn't pushed so hard into yoon being just an obviously bad guy in the yeah. end because there are shared elements between their stories that the two of them could have I feel like they could have had an even longer conversation about and it would have led to like some really satisfying conclusions. The idea yeah. that like you were you were describing one scene earlier where it's you know it's Yoon basically starving dying of dehydration and people aren't helping him and he was like when I was the avatar I f- I fought for a world where people like me in this moment were helped and I d- I uh, clearly I failed are any of these people worth saving and Kiyoshi yeah. basically has to undergo the same 
question like are like all of these bad things continue to happen are these people worth saving so it makes me feel a little i don't know messy when the solution is to like well we do have to just like go ahead and kill yoon or whatever but it's like shouldn't shouldn't yoon have been saved for like that i don't know that conclusion to have like a really poetic uh import i don't know that, that that's where my head goes with it is i i felt a little bit sad that in the end it came down to like she needs to beat him in the fight rather than like she needs to beat him with sharing each other's stories to find a greater common ground or whatever well i think you're right about that i do think that overall when we get to meet yang chen at the end of the book mm-hmm. and yang chen basically states you know there's you could have all the knowledge in the world that right. we possessed and you will succeed as much if you don't <laughs> like yeah, just right, right. do things your own way. I think that was that was really kind of referencing back to the Yoon fight where mm-hmm. it's like Kiyoshi's gonna do this her own way. Right. Like whether or not she should have spared Yoon, she probably should have. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, like I think sparing him and maybe you know, finding a way, another w- resolution, and having a longer conversation could have been a route. But this is Kiyoshi. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Kiyoshi well, doesn't doesn't operate in that manner. Right. Kiyoshi operates in violence, and she has operated in violence. Yeah. Uh, basically, the entire first book and the entire right. second book, and she is essentially remorseless for yeah. it almost yeah yeah and i, I mean, mean and and you look forward into the future generations and she is essentially known as like a warrior goddess i mean she yeah. starts a like a warrior clan that goes on yeah. to be known forever as like top tier fighters yeah, forever uh, yeah. so you, i think you're right it does make sense with the the character and the legacy um and also a, a thing in that yang chen uh sort of conclusion that i think is is really poignant for the type of storytelling that happens in avatar is i just love how the avatar is like near godhood except for how incredibly fallible they are every Always. every single and and the fact that kiyoshi's story is mostly based around following up kurik who is an avatar who pretty unequivocally failed Speaking is, of fallible yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, but then at the end, too, you even see Kurik was the only reason Kurik failed is because of Yang Chen's failures, yep. right? It's like each thing sort of it, it, we are all just part of a sequence of events and you are given the the tasks you are given and you handle them how you can handle them. And you can't spend your entire life looking backwards and thinking you uh, j- just living with regret, right? You have to accept the path that you took and if it was the wrong path, well, stop taking that path now and find a new way forward. But you can't go back. That's certainly the big message Yang Chen, uh, you know, sells at the end there is like there's you can't change the, the past and how these things and how people were affected. All you can do is affect the future uh, in a new way. Yeah. And it's, it speaks to uh, family structures. You can only learn from past experience. Right. You know, so much, so much. Right. Uh, but in the end, like forging a new way and and making pro- you know progress via progressive values, like s- essentially what I mean is just like always thinking forward and always thinking, well, things have changed. These aren't the same problems, even though they have this have a similar feel to them. And that's like something yeah. the avatar can do is they can learn from their past. But again, it's about it's about now. It's about well, you know that didn't work. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. we got to move on. But yeah, yeah uh, my opinion on Kurik now, because uh, Absol, who uh, has listened to our first episode on mm-hmm. the first book, 
uh, asked if I had a changed opinion on Kurt because I said in the first episode that didn't I didn't like him. Much care. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't much care about his story. I actually would like to hear more about yeah. Kurt now. Um, I think that it's just a tragic tale, and I think yeah. it's one that can be told pretty succinctly. Right. And I think it was mostly told in this book, but you know, yeah. yeah. I think you could you could probably give some more time to a guy who who is really known as at least in the past generations of avatars yeah. the worst right i mean right of by of recent so memory right well and, yeah. and what what i love about all of that is it it puts forward the narrative that avatar is uh, the, the current avatar in this world is about dealing with the problems of the moment i'm really glad that across the board this series doesn't tend to have just like the big super bad right avatar the last airbender sort of like there's the clear thing of like i have to eventually defeat the fire lord but that's only because like the fire nation is being extremely horrible right now it's not some cosmic bad and when we finish it that's it we've saved everything forever right avatar is very aware (laughs) of the cycle of there's always something new to fix and sometimes the things you need to fix are based on things that were fixed but caused new problems that's like exactly the story that yang chen into kurok into kiyoshi tells and then even like we said earlier you can extend kiyoshi's narrative into what's been going on with the fire nation she plants this guy in power that is unequivocal, like is bad, you know, is, is, is gets about doing things in pretty nasty ways. And the book ends as though like Kiyoshi's got her eye on you, but obviously she can't just do that all the time. And we see later in the series, what happens to the fire nation. So it's all part of this like generational thing of each generation is a reaction to the previous. And we take on new difficulties and new trials based on what was done before, even if what was done before was the right thing. And I think that is such a good um, lesson to be told uh, in in these series. It's just like, you're never going to save the world, right? That's not how it works. You have to always be saving the world. You never (laughs) stop saving the world. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You save the world continuously in the Avatar (laughs) universe. But yeah, and, and like you said, there are you know, bigger fights than others. And it does seem like it's kind of weird how they just kind of escalate <laughs> yeah. more and more yeah. through the generations, but you can see how it comes to a head in, uh, in avatar, the last airbender and in legend of Korra as yeah, well. For sure. Um, how about Korra and Kurik both being like, <laughs> like one of them being like known as the worst. Yeah. And Korra being the person who just ends the cycle. Right. Right. Well, I love, <laughs> I love that there's a, there's sort of a nod to that in Yang Chen's thing, right? Of she yeah. talks kind of so much about the cycle, but also sort of this idea that like, you have to reset the cycle you can't worry about the cycle yeah and yeah you instantly if you've seen the show you think Korra's like oh okay so what Korra did is not even like <laughs> previous avatars probably aren't going to care that much that she ended it because they get it all, all the old avatars know that like the, the cycle's here to help you but also you're gonna have to do without the cycle plenty often as well yeah uh, I, I think it's funny how you can see the similarities between the types of avatars right like Yang yeah. Chen and Aang and and Korra and Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but, I'm I'm wondering how far back this goes. Right. I, I don't know. I think I mean I'm I'd be excited to learn about Yang Chen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I want to read that book at some point. It'll be down the road. What I really thirst for at this point though is 
a, a Fire Nation avatar. You get a little bit of Roku yeah. because he's the Quite previous one. Yeah, but you don't, I don't feel like you get, and maybe this is just me not remembering because I watched so much of the first series at uh, 2 a.m. while nursing a, a newborn infant. Yeah. But I just wonder like how much more there is to learn about what it was like to be a Fire Nation uh, avatar uh, and 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 amongst the politicking of what was going on i'm i'm very i'm i'm thirsty to see more of that and maybe i'll rewatch avatar here soon with that focus in mind like now i'm going to check out this roku guy like <laughs> deep down yeah. i want to get to know him more i care less about i know how the avatar story goes but i didn't pay enough attention to the roku storyline in this yeah i think roku is an interesting person to dive into especially from like how he deals with maybe some of kiyoshi's stuff yeah, you know right. like i know we talk about like how kiyoshi put the wrong people in power but like yeah. there's also like this entire thread of in in the last airbender about kiyoshi kind of being like in you know she has an entire island named after her right. because it's a, like a place that she like saved and yeah like there's like a whole thing there where it's like did she just like retire to this island right. and like stop doing hang stuff. out like stop doing stuff like right. what what happened? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what happened to where she ended up in this spot where like the only like there's like really not anywhere else in the world yeah. like this, like one place where they really hold Kiyoshi sacred. It's kind of right. interesting. So I agree. You know, I, I do want to know more about Kiyoshi and uh, yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe we do learn more about Roku. Yeah. And maybe there is stuff about Roku out there anyways. I don't know. Well, um, but yeah. All I do know is I got a, a email very recently that said my oh, yeah. Avatar Legends role playing game book is supposed to be shipping soon. So, so excited! I, originally, I was you know I'm excited for that RPG just because it's like oh, I was kind I was kind of digging on it. But now that I finished these two books, I'm like, uh oh, I'm ready to drown myself <laughs> in uh, Avatar lore. lore and come up with stuff. And yeah, I really wanna I want to explore this stuff even more. So yeah, even if we don't do Yang Chen for the show, I'll probably end up reading it just because. I'm oh, kind yeah. of in this in the middle of this avatar obsession at the moment. <laughs> but I think for the purposes of this show, we should check out some other stuff. Uh, next yeah. week, we are mm -hmm. doing Guards, Guards by Terry Pratchett. Guards, Guards. Uh, yeah. I have never read a Terry Pratchett book, and I've always wanted to. And I've heard that starting on the uh, City Watch storyline is a pretty good and funny place to start. Uh, I actually just started the book yesterday, and it is already pretty funny. Uh, so, yeah, very excited for that one. It's another long one. I suspect what we'll follow up guards guards with is a couple of uh proper children's books we've done a lot yeah. of young adult stuff also i'll already say this i'll get ahead of it a little bit there was like some swear words right at the beginning of guards guards i'm like oh this is also we keep we keep <laughs> reading books that ej and i genuinely read because they're kind of pseudo written for adults with like kids yeah. somewhat in mind but they're fairly adult for kids I don't know. I think that's the theme of this show is like we just don't buy into a thing having to be written for a kid, I guess. But yeah. that said, uh, you know, probably some shorter some shorter children's books on the horizon. Yeah. And uh, this one, by the way, uh, obviously in hand in hand with the last uh, Kiyoshi book, I would let my kid read this. Yeah, I think for sure. That's absolute. Um, no be very no cool. doubts in my mind. But yeah, Guards Guards is going to be interesting. Like I said, the pre-1995 theory I have, yeah, which yeah. Is, or like pre-1990. I don't know when it started. But yeah, when like, do kids books you know, become kids books? <laughs> but, well, and like, but, or also when are kids books just like kind of books that like 
ended up, you know, that kids really uh, held dear, right. you know, like what, what are their darlings that they loved back whenever they were, you know, our, you know, our parents and our parents' parents, right. you know, what, what are some books that they read when they, they vividly remember reading as children like, right. that you read now and you're like, huh, yeah, yeah. this was a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know, like, so I, I don't know. I, I, it's going to be interesting to me. I'm really interested in reading stuff that's, that's a lot older, you know, right. 30, 40, 50 years older, just because of the fact that I think that we're going to find some sort of evolution in yeah, the way yeah. that children's books are written, the, the way, you know, when did young adult novels start Become coming along? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I think the two of us are both pretty naive to the, like what that genre really, really the history right. of that genre. So it'll be fun to explore that. I, I agree. That's pretty cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Hope this was another good one. I know it's just another one of us being like avatar, huh? Uh, so I, I promise <laughs> you we'll take a break from that, but also just go read avatar and watch avatar. Cause avatar, <laughs> huh? Yeah, what a great universe! It's <laughs> it's by far my favorite universe that I think I've ever had a chance to explore. Yeah, uh, and I've you know I've I've seen a lot of shows and a lot of different stuff. So yeah, I, overall I think Avatar just has just such an interesting universe. Yeah. And FCE Michael Dante DiMartino they do such a good job of of exploring it and and expounding upon it. And yeah, there's always something new. So uh, yeah, if you haven't had a chance to read slash watch the shows. Go do that. Yeah. There's also a comic, I think. That there's there's a number of comics. Uh, there's there's also an upcoming live action adaptation uh, of, yeah. of Avatar uh, that is maybe we'll supposed to be. De- I mean, it's got the blessing of the creators as opposed to the, the movie. Good. So well, I, I I I suspect it will be better. The casting is off the chain, that's for sure. But well, yeah, we'll T- TBD on we're that. Excited. One. Yeah. We're excited. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Uh, bye.